The Brutally Speaking podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. For over 30 years, Rockabilia has been the go-to destination for all things band merch. With over 500,000 items in their online store and collaborations with today's hottest bands, you're sure to find something you love. Use our code BREW10 at checkout and take 10% off your total order. So go pick up your favorite new piece of merch now over at rockabilia.com. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is the returning Brandon Schipetti of Bleeding Through. This was a fun chat. Uh, we talk about a lot of different things, kind of covering initially fitness and our journey collectively, but I will say, obviously, Brandon owning a gym, uh, Rise Above Fitness. Um, obviously, he knows more and has been more dedicated uh, to that journey, more so than I would say myself. Um, you know what's interesting? Um, a lot of times I used to do the intro and outros all together and I would just kind of cram like two or three so I'd be like far ahead. And it's funny as I've kind of been letting more of life happen after doing the, the podcast and then waiting to do the intro and outros and so forth. Some would say it's till the very last minute. I mean, it's it's literally 11 a.m. right now on a Sunday. And as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to post this. So maybe uh, cutting it to the wire. But Ultimately, I do enjoy kind of having something happen during the week uh, between episodes of me putting it out and kind of putting that into these intro and outros. And it's interesting to see how sometimes things just naturally align uh, as a result. And so in this chat, you know, Brandon and I talk about sort of the state of, you know, current, you know, recordings in the scene and how it's it's kind of impossible to, to have a bad sounding record or, you know, song at this point. It's almost, you know, back in the day, I think Brandon said it was it's it used to be how do you have a good sounding song? Now it's how do you have a bad sounding song or record? And we were talking about the use of like backing tracks and stuff like that in the live setting and just different facets of things uh, during our conversation. And earlier this week, my wife and I and some friends went to go see Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. And what was interesting is, you know, having been to a lot of rap shows, uh, a lot of the artists, like actually a few weeks before this, uh, my wife and I went to go see NF uh, at the same venue. And I'm not going to say I'm the biggest NF fan. Like I know through a lot of people and stuff like that, like culturally, he's pretty big, uh, kind of an independent rapper, made a name for himself. Now, you know, essentially he's selling out arenas by himself. Um, so you can't really knock that. Um, but it was interesting to go to the show and just kind of see what it was. And there's, there's, you know, I could go on a whole different tangent about that show and something I kind of took away from it personally, where I was just like, Ugh. but one of the things that I was kind of bummed to see is that 
he himself, NF, was using a lot of tracks. Like, basically, he was rapping over his own tracks. And there were times where you could tell he couldn't quite keep up with himself. Um, and it was a little bit of a bum out. It's like, ugh, like, whatever. But that is kind of the state of rap now. Like, gone are the days where people actually rap over the instrumental of their song versus just essentially doing, like, a live karaoke. And it is what it is. I guess if the fans don't care, then I shouldn't give a shit either. But I do. And what was cool about seeing Snoop and Wiz is that basically they kind of were a throwback to how rap shows used to be, which is here's the instrumental and I rap over these instrumentals. Maybe there's the backing track of like the hook, like on some songs like Nate Dogg, who has long since been passed away, uh, was on the track. Um, sometimes I think during the encore, they do that uh, Wiz Khalifa, Charlie Puth song that was in the Fast and Furious movie. Um, and they showcase like, it was like a memoriam, uh, for all these, you know, passed away rappers and so forth. And it just was a thing where like, other than that, where like, obviously Charlie Puth is not going to go on that tour just to do that one song. Um, short of Macklemore bringing out Eric McNally of, uh, Foxy's Shazam to do downtown. Uh, I don't really know of many people who bring out the guest vocalist or the person who does the hook typically. Um, but it was just really cool to kind of see that there was like the the musicianship the, the they gave a fuck basically about their craft to actually do it live uh, and especially like i said in a, in a day and an era where that's not as common as you would think it was really refreshing to see and to think back to how like literally brandon and i talk about that uh, was interesting you know the other thing too was sort of something you know that i'm kind of pulling from josta actually but i've talked about quite a bit on this is you know this merging of two eras of bands or music, you know, a lot of times you'll see some bands and I've, I've been saying like knock loose is really good at this where they'll take out like a legacy band and they'll take out an up and coming band or a band that's like equally like hot. And it kind of pays forward where the roots of the genre came from while also kind of giving a hand down to the underground and bringing it up with them. And, you know, Josta talks about high tide raising all ships and more to the point, the cosine that like more bands need to cosign other bands to keep the scene strong. And I was thinking about that with this tour that at times, like during Snoop said, it's like the older people in the crowd were definitely vibing with Snoop. And during Wiz, like there were songs I knew, like I was kind of surprised to see him come out like straight out the gate with black and yellow. And I was like, you're coming out with your biggest hit. I was wrong because the crowd definitely knew a lot more of the other material than I did. But it just kind of showcased this this merging of two eras, uh, which is interesting when you think that Snoop is still relevant and still possibly as big as he's ever been, which kind of made me think of something else Brandon and I talked about throughout this chat, which is, you know, not compromising yourself um, and learning to adapt with the times and the things that are happening. You could be the old dinosaur who's like, oh, back in my day, this, that or the other, or you could just learn to find your way and navigate through it. And essentially, you know, still be a part of the conversation. And I think that was the interesting thing during Snoop said is, you know, obviously starting off with the next episode. Sorry, spoilers, I guess, if you're going to see the tour um, with the next episode, which isn't even technically his song. It's obviously off of Chronic 2001. But it was interesting to see him traverse through that stuff from like doggy style, even like. He played Snoop's Upside Your Head, which I believe, I might be wrong timeline-wise, was like off of his era of No Limit, which was fucking massive when he, as a West Coast rapper, went to the, a Southern label. Um, 
But I was thinking throughout the whole thing, even when he did California Girls, the Katy Perry, his like verse on the Katy Perry song, that it's like this dude has traversed like three decades, has gone from gangster rap to pop to more mainstream hip hop, for lack of a better term. And throughout it all, he never compromised who he was. Like even listening to the vocals, lyrics and all that stuff, you're never like, oh, Snoop sold out. And I even feel the same kind of about Wiz Khalifa. Like it's interesting, like... Like I said, I, I knew some of the earlier material versus like the newer stuff. But I actually think like the brand new stuff that he was doing, I think I kind of like more because he's in an interesting like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not young. I'm kind of older. I've been in the game for a while. And it was just really interesting to kind of see how both of these artists have really traversed their careers. Um, and and to me, have done it without compromising themselves in the process, which I think is, I think it's really admirable. And I don't think it's something that we think about. I think there are a lot of us who maybe we should think about that, how we are and what we do and how we can grow um, with our surroundings, but not compromise who we are in the process. Um, I don't know. Something I was thinking about this week uh, in preparation for doing these intros, outros, all that said, let's get into my conversation with Brandon Chapetti and I will talk to you all on the other side of it. Fucking difficult, man. They just are. Yeah, but it's a. Uh, it's funny. Like I was talking to uh, my friend uh, Andrew from Dance Gavin Dance Idola, um, who has become like a personal trainer and just fitness is like his life over the last yeah. four or five years. And like he's been someone I'll text and just be like, "Man, I'm down to like like at the most I lost I was down to 195, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I made it under 200 pounds. Now it That's gets awesome. like 180 or 175." And then, like, yesterday I stepped on the scale and it was, like, 205. And I was like, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> and I was just, like, upset. And then I just, like, because like, my wife and I had a goal to get to uh, a certain weight by uh, Upheaval Fest, uh, which is in a couple of weeks. And so I just was, like, telling her, I was like, fuck it. Let's go to the gym tomorrow. And she was like, okay. And I was like, all right. And I was like, I think the other thing I'm going to start doing is there's a gnarly hill to get up to the secondary stages at this festival. That's like five minutes from my house. So I was like, I think as much as I hate being hot, I'm going to just go fucking do it like one, once or twice in the heat with like a, like a dry fit hoodie or something and just try to drop some, some LBs that way. Like just the yeah, tired and true method. What I try to tell people too, like if they just like, it's all about movement in life, really. It's like, you know, a lot of people think there's so much to it to get started and there really is, but like all in all, it's just takes like moving, getting out there, being active, especially like when it gets a little bit warmer out, like you could fucking just go on a walk for like an hour. You know what I mean? And it's just good for your fucking soul that you like did something, got out and like just moved your body and then kind of go from there. Like kind of, you know, be like, okay, like I'm getting into like moving again, being active again. And now it's like working weights or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? So it's like little baby steps. Like people, you know, we're in a society right now where people just want everything like fucking right now. And it's honestly like been like almost the demise of the fitness industry is because there's so much misinformation out there from like trainers and people that are doing whatever the fuck. And like, 
they're just telling people you could have this and this amount of time. And it's just so unrealistic because everybody, it's an individual case. Everybody has individual needs, injuries, uh, starting points. Like, I mean, you have good genetics, bad genetics. <laughs> you know, there's so much to it. And it's just such, it's so fucking like Hulkamania right now in the, in the, <laughs> in the fucking fitness industry right now, where it's just like, it, it's just, it's motivating to a point and then it's just going to turn to extreme frustration for a lot of people. That's what I think. Like a while ago, there was like that whole shreds thing and like, you know, be like us. And it was just like, it was all just bullshit marketing and, you know, no substance. And, and I think that a lot of the fitness industry right now is becoming that way again. And so it's really trying to like get the right people in the forefront and that can connect with different types of people. You know what I mean? And, and that's like, that's super big. Well, I think the biggest thing for me that I've noticed, <clears throat> excuse me, and something that's kind of gravitated me toward any of the times that it's, it's you know, I mean, it's easy to, to kind of stay in shape and all that when you're in your early teens and late teens and so forth, when you <laughs> essentially play sports 24 seven yeah. and have access to a gym and it doesn't cost you anything and your yeah, metabolism is exactly. great. But it is kind of frustrating at times where like you'll see the progress of people and you're just like, like, it's funny because Scotty, who I know that you know that lives oh, down here, um, it's interesting because, like, he and I are roughly the exact same size uh, yeah. as far as, like, maybe not weight anymore, but height and all that. And it's a thing where, you know, I see his posts almost every day where it's like, I'm up at fucking five o'clock this morning to get my workout in. I'm doing these yeah. things. And it's a thing for me where sometimes I want to be like, oh, I just don't I don't have the time. Yeah. And I realized a while ago that I was like, it's a fucking excuse. And it's like, I have the time, but I'd rather be doing something else. So I need to kind of either be fine with where I'm at yeah. and stop beating myself up about it. Cause I'm clearly yeah. not willing to do something about it or I need to shit or get off the pot basically. Well, totally. And, but, totally. and that's what I'm saying about like little goals, like start with something like, okay, let's change something in our diet that we know that we shouldn't be doing right now. So just change like something little or a couple things, not like extreme get on this meal plan like right now because it's it's not realistic for a lot of people that aren't used to programming themselves on how to eat and proper nutrition that's just like so moving from one extreme to the next where i, I mean my my philosophy is like cool if you know you eat too much dairy or you eat too much bread cool bail those eat more protein just little adjustments little tweaks so your body gets used to like more of a cleaning cleaner eating and then you could get on a schedule from there um, you know, you don't have that time in the morning, but you know, you might have like 35, 40 minutes at this time of like the day and you can kind of get out there and do, do a little something, you know what I mean? Until it becomes something to where your body craves it and you need it to kind of keep that motor running. And that's what helps like your, your, your mental state of mind, physical, like the harmony in your whole body. And then you'll eventually get that. You know what I mean? Like Scotty's, yeah. a, Scotty's a psychopath. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, you know, he's been at it for so long and a lot of us have been at it for so long that we're just programmed that way. You know what I mean? I think the 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 thing about seeing someone like Scotty or even someone like yourself or, you know, I've even looked at some other people where it's like you see some of these people and it helps when you know that it's not an instantaneous thing. Yes. And that it's something that there are times where, you know, and I don't mean to like say this in such a, in like a, a negative way, but I, I think it's something I've noticed people talk about you, like where I see comments on occasion, 
And it speaks to the changing, but you need to change and figure out who you are now and, and who, what life you want or what you want out of life currently. Cause so, something I've seen a ton that people are surprised at is like, you know, now you drink and you didn't used to. Yep. And it's a thing to me where it's like, that's something I've not that I really ever had a problem with it, but like I severely cut back on drinking craft beer. Totally. And it's a thing where it's like, do I still love beer? Fuck yeah, I love beer, but it's a little bit better for my body to drink like uh uh i drink long drinks now they're sugar-free have like no carbs yeah. no nothing and then i'll do a shot of whiskey with it to to have the more yeah thing i'm looking for let's get there <laughs> but it's a thing where it's like i've noticed even by doing that it's like i don't feel as bloated and shitty and yeah. like hangovers are almost non-existent and things like that but it's like it took me a while to kind of be like, I guess I'd just rather not drink beer and not feel bloated totally. and shitty all the time. Well, and that's the thing. That's like the little, the little differences. And like, even for me, like I don't really drink that much, but I even, you know, cut back on drinking a lot, even when I do socially. And, and when I mean cut back, it's like, I'm cutting back on not much anyway, but still just that little bit that I, that I noticed I was doing a little bit more like in social settings and stuff like that, that definitely played a role in my body and being like 42 years old, man, that shit sticks. And yeah. really, at a certain point, it's like, you know, you drink those like craft beers, those things. Will, if you drink a heavy craft IPA, man, you drink like five of those things, you're going to feel like fucking shit. And that shit's going to stick stick to you. But regardless, with alcohol consumption, the older you get, it really drags your metabolism through the mud. It could be like anything. So even those like seltzers, which are a better choice, what do you call them, mom drinks? No, they're called long drinks. It's oh, uh, long drinks. I thought yes. you called them mom drinks, and I'm like, that's no. I mean, they are kind of. <laughs> but um, but you know, even with that kind of stuff, it's like it, it just plays such a role on your metabolism and your body. So like, I noticed that like, you know, it was dark and gloomy and rainy basically all year this year in, in California. So the outside activity stuff on the weekends just wasn't really there as much. And so what do you do? You just sit at home, like oh, I guess I'll have like a beer or like whatever, and then it just that became a little bit too much of a habit and you just got to kind of break through like break from it. And you'll notice you'll just feel so much better, sleep better, less stress, less anxiety, all that kind of shit. Oh, I think that was the hard part for me is when I was starting to look for new jobs, I stopped smoking yeah. uh, weed and it became this thing where I had problems sleeping to begin with and like melatonin and all that shit doesn't really cut it. Like weeds, like one of the only things that actually allows me to sleep uninterrupted and get good sleep. And was a thing where my drinking just fucking shot through the roof. And I was like, yeah. and I just kept thinking to myself, I was like, why is this okay? Why is it that I can be on the verge of like blacking out? Cause like I can put it away and that's what it takes. And that's okay. But me deciding to smoke at like 9 PM and go to bed at 10 is frowned upon. Yeah. I mean, I think that's vastly changing. And I think in the next few years, I hope so. it's definitely going to change a lot. I mean, in All California, right. I know for California, there's a reason why people call it California sober because it's like, you know, everybody smokes weed here and it's like not frowned upon at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's different places, but hopefully that changes because I, I truly do think that one of the most destructive things in the world is drinking. It's just like, you know, it's a slippery slope for a lot of people your tolerance builds up so much quicker than like anything else. And then all of a sudden you notice you have to drink like a fucking 12 pack to feel like buzzed. You know what I mean? And then that's a problem. And then your body's going to react to that problem as well. So yeah, man, it's just, like I said, like just cutting out those little things. That's, that's just what's up there. It's just not extremes, but just cutting out things like little by little and seeing how your body feels. 
and kind of just like staying on that momentum of how your body feels. Yeah, I think that's been kind of the interesting thing is just kind of be getting realigned with my body and kind of even obviously like how when you kind of start like I hate saying to like when I focus on like the weight thing, but it's for me because I started doing something I knew I could control while not really putting much effort into it, given the nature of my job, which was kind of working mall retail hours, which are vast and varied. And so I just started fasting and was like, I'm going to do like a 22 hour fast, eat for two, two hour window, see what it gets me. And notice that like, just by doing that, paying more attention to eat, like when I notice my body's kind of saying like, I think I'm full, like just being done as opposed to keep eating to, to be clean, like clean, clean your plate, eat all the foods you don't have extra. And it really kind of is interesting when you start for me, breaking down a lot of the mental side of it, like, wasting food quote unquote because it's like well it's not really enough for anything else i'm just gonna toss it but it's like i grew up poor so it's like you eat fucking everything yeah you eat what you Um, got yeah and so it's it's weird to change your relationship with food and just change your relationship with a lot of things but from the mental side of things like just how much work goes into it from that perspective as well yeah and like fasting is like intermittent fasting and stuff like that's like really effective for some people. I mean, I've done it before and it was effective. Just, you know, unfortunately for me, like part of like, you know, I'm bipolar and stuff like that. So I have to keep myself out of fight or flight mode Mm. at all costs through the day. So if I like go to a point where I'm like, like in a, in a fasting state and I'm like kind of fight or flight, then like my brain just doesn't really work properly, but I know it works for a lot of other, like a lot of people. And it's also, if it does work for you, it's good because it, it's like practicing self-control and practicing like, you know, discipline really. And like, if you do something like that, then you can take another step to add something else discipline wise. Yep. That's, and that's where we're at today with going to the gym later. So does this is yeah. done. <laughs> um, kind of something else I, w- I wanted to talk about, cause it's, it's been something you've been uh, posting quite a bit about is, uh, and I guess for some clarity, um, you are recording at least as of what we've seen some of this is love. This is murderous. Yeah. Is the goal to just kind of do like a reimagined EP kind of sorts or Basically, okay. we're doing three songs off of it. Um, and we're just going to do like an EP. We're going to release probably the first song, hopefully, hopefully by like August, like mid August, like before we go out to do those like three Midwest shows. I think we're going to re-release Love Lost and a Hail of Gunfire um, first. And then, I mean, I'll just let you know. We're doing Love Lost and a Hail of Gunfire on Wings of Lead and number seven with a bullet. Mm. Uh, and sort of the thing with that was more like, okay, it's a 20-year anniversary. You know, re- re-recording things is a little bit easier. Um, I just really wanted to kind of go back and revisit and kind of like put a different like mod, like spin on those songs. We're not rewriting the songs it's not something that's going to be like oh they completely changed this part or like you know it's just, it's really it's really stays pretty true but we're just adding like little things here and there just better production better performance all that kind of stuff to it and just kind of like we want to kind of share those songs with people in like where we are now with our energy and like everything now which i actually think supersedes what we were 20 years ago so it's like I feel like it's just, it's time to kind of hear those songs. Like, yeah. Reimagined basically. It's a good way to put it. So I just think it's kind of a fun thing. And people have been like pretty cool about, you know, we get the people like, Oh, why would you fuck with that? And I'm like, well, I mean, 
yeah, like, you know, you always look back at your old recordings and say, oh, we wish we could do this. But, you know, people forget that that record was done on a very cheap budget, like <laughs> extremely cheap, even by today's standards where bands don't even get paid anymore to do records. And it was done in basically a weekend. And you know what I mean? So it was like, bang, 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 done. And it's like, now we actually have time to like sit and listen to it. And like, you know, back then those records were just so fucking thrown, you know what I mean? And it made for like a cool, like raw feeling. And trust me, the new, the new reimagined versions are just as raw, and, but they're just, they're fucking awesome so far. Sort of pumped. I think the thing for me, when I saw it, you know, some people's reactions are going to be, Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Some people's reactions are fuck. Why would you touch it? Like leave it as it is. And my initial reaction was, I was like, Ooh, is a sunset clause up? Are you able to do this so you can own your own stuff or at least, and that that's where my mind goes because of like more business side of things. See, here's the thing. Truskill owns the masters to all of the Truskill releases, but those are masters of the recorded versions. You're always right. allowed to re-record anything you want. That's the thing. But it's still I thought the there's, song, just the yeah. master of that song. The mastered version recording is owned by the label. They don't own the song. So any band can re-record that song at, and just release it anytime they want. See, I guess I was under the assumption from listening to different people like Justin and so forth on, on his show, where there's even a re-record clause where you have 10, 15 years before you yeah, can. We, we didn't that. have any of that. That was so okay. like early days of Trust Kill. That they <laughs> so, and this is not like a, this isn't like a, Hey, like we're doing this because like fuck trust kill, like trust, whatever with trust kill. Like we're, we're cool. That's all buried. It's don't want to live, live in the past. We're not doing that as like, sort of like a, like an anti that it's more just like, this is for us. You know what I mean? Like this is for us and this is for our fans and people that have been with us for a really long time. And I just think it's a really cool thing that we could put out there for people. I think it'll be interesting to see, because to me, like it, when someone kind of reimagines something or takes the time to redo, remix, remaster, however you yeah. want to, whatever they end up doing to something that's old, it's always interesting to see what new kind of happens. Because I think something you had said about re-recording initially the album is that, you know, it was done in a weekend. So there's the immediacy that sometimes I feel like is lost in a lot of newer music because it's totally. so uh, so to a grid and just like I've been practicing this and we know it's going to be copy pasted, whatever. Yeah, and so sometimes I feel like records now lose some of that feeling. I agree, but I I do feel like there is a little bit to be gained from maybe a production side where it's like when you have the time and you can go, ooh, it'd be really cool to maybe throw a harmony vocal behind this. Let's try it real quick. Uh, actually, that doesn't work, yeah. and then you you can kind of work on it. And that's really what it is. It's just like I feel like we're so much more talented as a band, like. You know, Marta didn't record on that song. That was still our old, old keyboard player for that. And, you know, not talking trash, but it was very limited. Marta's much better, like, like musician and putting more stuff on it to make it more sort of like have her presence in there, put her voice on it for like harmonies and stuff like that. That's the stuff that we, we kind of see ourselves as more of a complete band. And, you know, four of us now sing all the time and, we just want to use all that stuff like in there now. Um, Cause I mean, even before then, like Ryan, our bass player didn't even like sing on that record. That was just me. And now, but live, we both do it. And so just kind of like have like that modern sound. And the thing is too, <clears throat> we're not really that band that like is like a polished 
band. Like even with our last like song Wartime, it's still fucking raw. I do like basically one vocal track. I'm not trying to pull a brand of sacrifice and have 19 vocal tracks and everything sound like a computer and all that fucking shit. Like we're a raw fucking band. Not taking away from that band. That's their way. But that is a complete opposite spectrum of how Bleeding Through records. You know what I mean? Right. It's not so like, it, like I said, it sounds like a robot. Like we don't sound robotic and this is still going to sound very raw. And, and that's how we always kind of record. I, I don't, I don't sit there all day with like one song where I'm screaming or I'm like, Oh, my voice kind of cracked there. Let's replace it. And no, man, I fucking record how I sound and whatever comes out, comes out. And it's just kind of the way I've always been, you know? And I feel like that we're all the kind of the same way with that. I kind of feel like once you like are nit too nitpicky with like some of your material, it kind of takes the fucking like realness out of it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's sort of like my gripe with a lot of like newer bands. Now it's just, fuck man like having a motley crew fucking like recording used to be like unheard of and now it's just like dude if you have a bad recording it's like how do you have a bad recording (laughs) it used to be like how do you have a good recording and now it's like how how could you even have a bad recording now you know i i still think you know, having seen, well, I guess now I, I didn't see the final tour, just like I didn't see Kiss's second final farewell tour either. Yeah. Um, but having saw Motley Crue since they came back and then saw the fair, we were the first date of the farewell tour uh, yeah. here in GR that had all the technical issues. And it still is one of those things like when you're watching it, you can clearly tell they're playing to hella tracks. But the thing that always amazed me is I'm like, how the fuck do you have all these backing track, backing vocal tracks for the high harmonies and all that? But you let Vince go out there and sound like he does. Like, what the fuck? Out of all the things you could have put to track, you let him flounder and look like an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, just the tracks alone. I mean, I know a lot of bands play to tracks and that's fine. And like, I don't want to like attack new stuff and sound like that old guy sitting on a porch going, ah, don't cheat. And like everybody, we cheat, everybody cheats. But but there's certain levels of how bands record and present themselves. We don't play the tracks. We never, we've done it like when we did the, when we did declaration and some of level kill all, we did like some tracks and now we just kind of decided like, nah, it's not really us. We like to just do it ourselves. And if it's, we, I don't know, it's, I see so many bands that do play to tracks where it's like, dude, it just doesn't like it. It should sound better, but it actually makes the band sound worse because it's like, you're listening to the track, but you're trying to focus on the band and they're sucking, but the track sounds great. You know what I mean? Anybody can cover up a bunch of turds with some fucking 808 drops and bass drops and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I I sound like the old guy fucking get off my lawn. Well, that's all right. My wife and I. I mean, I like. I'm not a hater. I actually no. like everything. Like, uh, I even if you ask me, like, what's a band that you don't like right now? I'd be like, I don't know. I don't really have a band I don't like. I have a lot of bands I do like, and I respect all the processes of every band. It's like naturally things are gonna like the process of like writing songs and writing music and all that stuff is gonna change. It's yeah. technology. You know what I mean? So you, you're either gonna adapt or you're gonna fucking die. Yeah, I think like my wife and I are gonna go see Sleep Token in yeah. a month or so. I don't know. Um, I'm listening to the tracks. I they're all fucking tracks. <laughs> I I was telling her I was like I fucking love that band. I hope I can't wait to see that band because I really really want to see them do it live. It's kind of like the first time I saw Lorna Shore. I didn't have doubts, but I wanted to see how they did it. 
and yeah. they just fucking nailed it and it was awesome so if you could be that like impressive and with all those tracks and work it all in fucking dope then do it I feel like my biggest gripe for for Sleep Token for me personally is I I still feel like it's just a bunch of parts. It's not full songs to me. Like I feel like it's like okay, like here's this this slow part, and then yeah. it just kind of goes away, and then here comes the heavy part, and then that goes yeah. away, and then here comes like back to what it was, and I'm like that's not a full song. Like you can anyone can just stop, and then come in with something else, and then stop that, and then go back to the next thing. I know easier said than done, but yeah. when I hear that, like to me that's just lazy songwriting because I'm like you couldn't find a way to bridge the two together. Like, yeah, like look at song, what. Right? Yeah, like look at what uh, Knock Loose did on uh, their la- their second single that they just dropped, where it's like they have the breakdown and then the melody's coming over it that brings you into that next part. Like totally. there are ways to do it, but to just completely drop everything out and then come back in, it's like that's fucking lazy. Yeah, and a, to me, that's a, why I'm not I'm really a fan. Struct- I'm a structure snob, and like you know, that's part of like you know when I listen to like old bleeding through stuff, it's a lot of stop and stuff. But that was just a like young writing and this and that um i don't know like say like the new avenge sevenfold which i think is like the best record in the last fucking decade people can say what they want to say um there's a lot of that but it's kind of like a musical journey and i guess where they're coming like i don't know i can't speak on them but like i know them personally they're really big fans of like dream theater and a lot of progish stuff and so it makes sense as for them as like songwriters to kind of have like a musical thing so in the sense of like sleep token i mean yeah, there's a lot of stuff where I feel like they could, they could, I don't know, flow more, but man, their vibe and shit, like, I just think it kind of works. You know what I mean? I think yeah. sometimes it works, you know? Um, and I think live, it'll be interesting to see if it comes across more like, cause something that I, I think was really instrumental for me in understanding that some things are, were never for the record. It was always thinking about a live experience was when I went and saw Kanye on the life of Pablo tour And that record, when I heard it, I was like, this just feels disjointed and it's weird. And I don't understand. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. And then I saw it live and he played a lot of the stuff live. And I go, oh, this part was never meant to be, oh, I'm listening to the record. This was always meant you're in an arena full of people and we're all fucking getting down to this part. It's a fucking vibe. Like, now I get it. So sometimes... I'm still holding my... my I'm reserving my judgment on Sleep Token until after I've seen them live Uh and go, okay... I may not really like what it is on record, but maybe live, I'll really enjoy it. They'll be fantastic. And a lot of stuff does translate live better than on records and vice versa. So you might be happy. Um, I can't wait to see them someday. I mean, I'm hoping that I get to see them soon. They're like one of my new, newer favorite bands, kind of like everybody else. Yeah. It's a, it's been fun to like, I think since the last time I talked to you, like I've kind of re fallen in love with, with music and like listening to music and listening to new bands and so forth. And, you know, it's funny when you had sent me uh, Salt Wound, I was like, I feel like I've heard that name somewhere. Yeah. Um, and was a thing like <laughs> I was listening to it while I was like stuck in like five o'clock traffic on a Friday trying to get to the highway. And I was like, I can't listen to this right now because I'm about yeah. to like fucking ram my car into the person in front of me. <laughs> yeah. There's so, a I lot, mean, there's so much good, good new bands out, though, that are just crushing. It's it's a rad time for especially for like heavy music. Um, I love the diversity of things. Like I, I think it be, needs to become a little bit more diverse. I would like to kind of go back. I think we, I think we might've spoke about this last time, how like a lot of different types of bands used to tour with each other back in the day, like different yeah. types of bands. Now it's, it's, I feel like it's kind of trending in that area a little bit more, which would be rad because like when I go to a show, I want to see like some different types of music. You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff. Like, um, 
don't know. Even I, it, even like seeing like Periphery and Under Oath together, like it was different enough to where it was like cool, like different vibes. Like this is the vibe of this band. This is the vibe of this band. It wasn't like this mini this band is playing with that you know senior this band you know what i mean yeah so that's that's cool to see yeah i think i got to have the similar experience years ago uh to go see andrew when dan's cabin had taken out periphery and don broco yeah and like you want to talk about bands three bands that couldn't be further apart from one another like it's those three but i think the thing that ties them all together is that they're they're not really any one thing. They kind of yeah. play around in a lot of different genres. So therefore that's the, the continuity between all three is just their willingness to, to go in whatever sonic territory they think fits the song. I think that's fucking awesome. I mean, like we were kind of like, we were kind of the benefit of doing a lot of different types of tours. And we always tried to do different tours. Like, you know, we toured like AFI and the explosion and AFI and Hot Water Music. And we had to play them before Hot Water Music. And I remember every day, that's one of my favorite bands of all time. And every day they're like, dude, why do we have to play after you guys? Like, it's just such a different vibe that by the time like people get revved up to fucking see you guys play, like we go on stage, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they were amazing every night, but I get what he means, you know what I mean? Like, like when we did a, I think a seven week tour with him, it was just us and him. And it's like, we opened for that band every night and it just, it almost revved the crowd up a little too much for that kind of vibe that they had. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But in the same sense, I feel like it worked. It was cool. You know, you look back at those tours and you're like, how diverse, how cool, different fan bases coming together, you know, coexisting and it's fucking rad. Yeah. I mean, that is still one of my all time favorite bands. And, uh, you uh, know, uh, I, it was funny. Cause like I haven't, him basically broke up, and didn't tour much once my wife and I started dating and became like married. And then I didn't get to go see the farewell tour, but I went to uh Villa's solo show in Detroit. Yeah. And my wife was like, the band sounds great. Holy shit. Are they boring? I was like, you know, 99% of the time I would definitely agree that that band just is very boring live. And I go, but like Villa, especially and the guys in the band, like they never really were like energetic and moved around and shit. And that was always the weird thing about every band that they brought out with them since I've been seeing them is like, there's really nothing that fits with them uh, as far as like a live show. They've transcended a, they've transcended genre. Yeah. And it was a thing where I go, but I'll be damned if it's, if you still can't not just watch Villa, like stand there smoking cigarettes, chain, well, (laughs) not chain smoking much anymore, but it's it's still a thing. It's so captivating. And I go, and it really reminded me because in the time leading up to having seen Villa, we just went and saw Bush recently. And I had this epiphany where I was like, Villa and Gavin Rossdale are kind of probably the last like true sex symbol rock star guys and but like two different decades like and thinking about it i was like i don't really know that like that person exists currently like i don't know if we've just kind of lost that sex symbol side of things i think it's switching to and especially which is a rad thing but i think what you're getting is a big is a stronger female presence in the rock and metal community yeah i think that you know a lot of the people that are kind of considered that right now are female you know? Yeah. Which is rad. 
I mean, more females in music, especially heavy music, is awesome. You know what I mean? That's a kind of something we've been pushing for, having Marta in the band for so long. And it's really something that we, like, think is really important. And, you know, it's awesome to see bands, like, fucking just right off the go. Like, Spirit Box is just fucking incredible. You know what I mean? And bands like Dying Wish and bands like Capra and, and bands like that. Like, it's just, it's really cool to see, like, a lot of, like, fucking awesome female-headed heavy music right now you know what i mean and i think that maybe that's the time for like the sex symbol thing from all yeah yeah i I just think there isn't that like strapping handsome man and like the rock kind of like metal sort of crossover world right now you know what i mean (laughs) i mean i guess like if i had to maybe i don't want to say pick someone i feel like potentially it would be like maybe ronnie might be the one yeah i think but I think again, I think it's it's I think he's kind of reaching that and maybe it's just because of the maybe that's what it is, is because like and maybe I'm just figuring this out now, but it's like when you think of Bush, because you always think of Gavin because he was always predominantly featured in like everything as the guitar player and the singer and whatever, and he looked good. Same with Villa. It's like you have a band named him and he for the first like what two, three records, he was on the fucking cover of them. Yeah. So it's hard not to associate, oh, him must be literally him. Yeah. Um so I think maybe there's a little bit of that where it's like people like the singular entity being the whole band, quote yeah, unquote. For sure. It's interesting to to kind of start thinking about things like that as you get older. You're like, all right, like why why does this why does this work? And like what what music Yeah. I mean, Gavin Ross still still got it. I think the, the craziest thing when watching that show was he barely like I was I've seen him a couple of times before and you know he's just kind of stuck at his microphone playing guitar. Yeah. And this time, like the band probably threw some backing tracks or at least the newer material, which they relied most. It was like half new and half basically uh, razor blade, ro- uh, razor blade romance, razor blade suitcase. Yeah. Um, and he's like a front man, like 75% of the show, like no guitar running around, literally at one point running through the entirety of the arena. And it's a thing where I was just like, it's weird to be 30 some odd years into a career and have me completely look at you differently as, yeah. as to what you are. Didn't he do like some, like they did like some solo stuff for a while. Right. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I was going to add, it's funny. We ended up talking about him anyway. How, you know, cause that was something when, you know, speaking to me getting back into love of music and finding my fandom, it was the first villa, like, the announcement of the album and the first single and all that dropping where I was really intrigued to see what it was and just took me back to, you know, my senior, like junior, senior year of high school and getting into the band with, you know, tail end of deep shadows, but love metal was the first new record I got to have that was released here in the States. And it just felt fun to be a fan again. And it's funny because I feel like him is one of those bands where so many people I know are into the band, like a lot Oh. And I think you're one of them. So part oh. of my was going to ask, like, what had, what did you think of the record when it came out? What love metal? No, of uh, Neon Noir, the new uh, Villa record. Um, I like it just because his voice is just so like intoxicating. I guess. Um, I miss the energy that him kind of has. Hmm. Um, they kind of have like a different like dark energy, but I think all in all, it's a good record. Um, I really, I've only really like gave it like two, three listens really. Um, but I like it. It hasn't, it just hasn't grabbed me, I guess, but <laughs> I, I might be one of those fans that just like, 
him will live on forever. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's almost like it'll take a little while to like, you know, like I love Soundgarden, but I'm not going to go listen to a Chris Cornell record. <laughs> you know what I mean? I Although it's really good. I'm just not going to go listen to his record. I'll listen to Soundgarden. Yeah, it was it was interesting to hear the new songs put against old hymn classics. And, and to me, one of the biggest surprises was when they did uh, When Love and Death Embrace, because pretty much other than It's All Tears, sometimes you would get like nothing has ever played off of that record. And that's one of my favorite songs, even though it's so stupidly just simple and to the point, like almost yeah. like a doom sludge kind of song where it's just the same riff over and over again. <laughs> yeah. But just a, a fucking great, uh, great band. I, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I would, got, I'm glad that we got to do one of those tours with them. And, and they actually toured like, um, like deep shadow is like my kind of favorite record but venus doom is what was out when we toured them and mm. i love that record it's so Such a like, record doomy and heavy kind of it's fucking awesome i feel like we're because it's interesting like a lot of people i'll say at least stateside got into the band on uh dark light and you know can't help it with bam and all that kind of stuff i totally understand why yeah. it popped off here but to me it was interesting because i feel like for everyone that was like oh dark light and love metal Venus Dune came out and everyone was just like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, this is actually the perfect marriage of oh. what came from like greatest love songs, volume six, 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 like yeah. them being more of like a, a down tune, just doom sludgy kind of band and long songs yeah. with the pop perfection of razor blade romance, some deep shadows kind of vibes and just kind of the perfect amalgamation of what they've been for sure. And a lot of people just were like, I don't think I like this band. <laughs> They're all hating. It's kind of what a great band though. Um, So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about salt wound and and you getting into managing. Cause I feel like it's always interesting when people decide to not only pursue their own career again, like for a while you guys weren't active, you were on a hiatus and then came back and, you know, we have talked about through the last two times you've been on the show, kind of rediscovering as I've been talking about quite a bit lately, the why. Like, yeah. why do I want to do this? You found your why again of wanting to be bleeding through and, and performing it again. But it always makes me interested to find the why of pursuing an ancillary avenue within the industry when you're still busy creating and doing so many other things. Yeah. Um, you know, like I think when I first was into management, like the late, you know, I was, I guess it was like 2009 to 2012. <laughs> had a pretty good roster is getting pretty good at it. But I just feel like at the time I wasn't right. And like mentally, I still was like a little, I was a little bit jaded from the music industry then with bleeding through um, just because I just was jaded because of like the way that the handling of bleeding through and everything was going on at the time. The weird transition time. That time for heavy music was definitely on a downer fucking down trajectory. Um, and I think that I just wasn't, in the right headspace to really like battle for bands, go out there and do for bands because I was just had the wrong sort of like mentality. Now I feel like I can offer something a little bit more. I feel like the industry's kind of morphed into a more, a better working environment. It's not so fucking slime ball-y. It's everybody that kind of, everybody that's at top levels of like this industry 
came, a lot of them, the metal world came from where I came from, the hardcore scene. You know what I mean? Like, and they've worked up through starting their own labels or working with labels and they've all, we've all kind of come up together. So I'm like the same kind of age demographic as everybody there. We like similar backgrounds. So it makes it easy to, to understand each other, what were kind of like realistic things. And for me, it was more like just being inspired by that, by salt. Like I would, I didn't think about getting into management at all. We played a show with them. We put them on one of our shows in Sacramento, a couple shows in, in Northern California, and they just fucking crushed. And I'm like, who the fuck is this man, right? Like, so talking to the guys, like, they're fucking awesome, like, very motivated. And I'm like, I could help this band. And, like, the thing that I feel like I can help is a lot of, like, a mentorship. You know what I mean? I've been through every type of every fucking bullshit thing in this industry to try to, like, be, like, where we're at right now. And if I could be a good mentor and help navigate these bands to not have to go through those things and be a little bit, you know, a little bit easier of a time and really be fighting in their corner for them. Then that's what I want to do. And I feel like I'm at the right spot, like mentally and in my life to do that. I really, I want to help the next generation of bands like bleeding through is bleeding through before bleeding through was still trying to punch with every other fucking band. And so I was a little bit too, uh, competitive, I guess, to like really be a manager because it was like competitive with my own bands almost, which was just stupid. Right. But it's the truth. You know what I mean? And now it's like, we are what we are. And I want to help like usher in like the new generation of like heavy music. You know what I mean? And if I could be part of and help these bands that I really like believe in that I think are just fucking great bands, you know, that's, that's why I want to do this. And so far it's been awesome. I, I have two bands right now, Salt Moon and Last of Our Kind. Um, they're both fucking awesome bands. They're both ground level. And we're really just going to try to build, build smart, um, build a really good loyal team, not try to just get on the biggest label that we possibly can and shoot for the stars at first. Because I feel like a lot of bands, when they do that and they don't actually have to go through some of the rigors of this life, it, it, it hurts them in the long run. So, you know, we're going to build... We're going to grind together and we're going to make some fucking noise. And it's just exciting. I can't wait. It's if it, I feel like it, I feel the excitement, like it is bleeding through working with these other bands. Like that's, that's the difference now is I really see it as like something that like I can get behind and I'm going to be so happy when for these bands and when it starts popping off. Are you, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Are you someone that just loves building something from the ground up, whatever it is, doesn't have to be music, just literally be anything. Are you someone that likes the work and the process and figuring things out? I love work. Um, (laughs) Anybody that kind of knows me will say that I'm a little bit psychotic when it comes to work. I work long hours at the gym. I love, I mean, I, I get, you know, I get burnt out, but one of the things that gets me up and, and every day is really just going out and trying to like conquer something, trying to, take that step forward trying to put something that I believe in into the world and see like how it works. You know what I mean? And I love building things. I love the challenge. Um, I love seeing how hard I can push myself, what kind of knowledge that I can like put inside of my brain still. I love learning new things and just challenges. And it's not like I'm a serial, like, you know, for like a serial business starter or whatever venture starter. I'm very cautious with what I do, but like, when I do get into it, I'm, I'm a workhorse for sure. As I say, it just seems like you seem like someone that likes to, 
I don't know if figuring things out is necessarily like I can make it that simple of a statement, but yeah. as I say, like you seem like someone that's like, when you get into something, you're all in, I got to figure out all the nuts and bolts. I got to figure out like why this thing works, how it works. And then the excitement and the passion that you get from learning all those things probably becomes uh, very contagious because you probably are so immersed in it that all you want to do is tell people about this thing because yeah. you like, that's, that's how I feel like you are. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be like annoying with stuff, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just think, I that, think, you know, 40, like saying, like I'm almost 43 years old, man. Like my time and the way that I see it is my time is, is still here, but you know, trying to become the biggest band in the world or the biggest gym in the world is something that's not really in my aspirations. Like I'm very comfortable where I'm at. I'm very prideful of like everything that like I've built and all the people that have been around me helping me and what we built together. But now it's just time to put that effort into like other people and other things that you believe in and kind of back other people and, and seeing how, how far you could, how we could push these like other people in their careers and helping them. And that's where I kind of see like fitness. Fitness has always been about helping people first and foremost, not about opening 19 gyms and be trying to become fucking rich. Like that'd be great. But really it's about helping people. I like serving. I like to serve people. Like that's what I like to do. That's how I see my band. My band is nothing but a service for people. <laughs> like literally <laughs> like, you know, that's just how I kind of see it. I think something that I kind of take away from it is something I've, I've, as I get older, I kind of, and I think I've even kind of, it's changed in the podcast a little bit too, where I feel like sometime, like, like that episode I did with Andrew, where I, we had been talking off record, like texting and phone conversations about me starting to lose weight and wanting to get into that and kind of being healthier. And so he was like, dude, let's fucking do a podcast. And we'll, we'll talk about that. Cause obviously yeah. it's a huge part of my life and it's my other career other than music. And it's funny because for someone that's like, I hate doing press, but I'll always do your show. It was funny to have, to have him be like, I want to do the show. Let's talk about these things. Yeah. But the thing I've noticed when talking more about therapy, mental health, talking now about, you know, my beginning phases of uh, weight loss and all that kind of stuff. Like I had a comment on that Andrew chat yesterday that was like, I'm was so motivating to hear this. It's always positive to hear you guys talk. And you know what? I'm. I'm interested to hear how your journey goes listening to the podcast and stuff like that. And it's almost created this ancillary accountability for me uh, that people are like, I'm vocalizing it. And one of the things I am going to prose uh, at the end, actually I'll just say it now. So I know that the show that you guys are doing in Detroit is in like mid August. Yeah. So we got about, uh, what's today's date? Today's the 21st. So literally about two months away. Three months. So my, my goal uh, is going to be, to be at like 175 by the time I go to that show, which How is going to be about, so that'll be about, I'll give it, I'll call it 30 pounds even. All right, cool. So about 10 pounds, 10 pounds a month ish, but that's going to be my goal. And Let's then people that. can hold me accountable. Here we go. So I'll, either I'll I'm going to show up and I'll be there or, <laughs> or I'm going to be like, people are like, Oh, you fat fuck. You didn't do it. And I'll be like, I know. No, I feel like if you just said it right now, you're willing it to existence and you're get on, you'll get on it, man. You'll do it. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely one of those shows. It's gonna be cool. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen you guys play. You guys always played. And I think that's such an interesting thing too. Cause like sometimes I've talked about even on the show and, and to people in, in person where they're like, Oh, have you ever seen such and such? And I go, nah, I never saw them. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to think about a day and time where I don't think some people understand, like the internet cost a shitload of money back in the day. Not everyone had it. 
Um, internet cafes were how I went and got my like weekly allotment of internet time. Uh, and that on the flip side of that, it's, you know, there are uh, points in our lives, like where it's like, as soon as you get out of high school and like, you're kind of figuring out your life that it's like, you're not usually flush with cash to just be able to go spend your money doing whatever. And between that and not having the internet, it's like, there were times that you guys toured and almost towards so much but it's like i just never knew when the fuck you were coming it's like that yeah. joke of like hey uh when are you guys coming to grand rapids motherfucker we were there a week and a half ago where were you yeah. sorry i didn't know yeah. um that that's that, a real thing back then versus now where it's like all the shows that i did because we were always playing shows or yeah. festivals or that's how i saw everybody you know what i mean like so i get it man now but it's I, now I, I i find myself like like mindfully looking for things that are coming up even though like we're flush with with social media updates and this and that it's so much now where you almost don't see it yeah. like i don't know it's funny because i'll ask like friends of mine like hey when are you coming to southern california playing they're like oh dude just look on our instagram and i'm like or you haven't seen it on instagram i'm like have do you see my shit on instagram probably not like come on and like as much as i you know run my Instagram pages for my businesses. It's not like I sit on Instagram all day. I'm literally on there to post and gone like yep. off to real life to work. You know what I mean? And it's like, so I don't like, like scope around to like, okay. Oh, I just saw that. Like this band's playing here. So I'll go see that. And usually like when I do, I'm like pleasantly surprised. Like, Oh, they're playing, you know what? But it has to kind of get smack me in the face. You know what I mean? I have to actively look. So I get it now. It's, and there's so much going on so many shows that everything's just kind of lost in the mix. Well, I think that like even knowing myself and exactly like you were just saying of like having to seek what it's coming out Yeah. in our DM, I wrote reminder to myself because yeah. I know we'll message each other and then I'll see and be like, fuck, I need to buy tickets. Um, so it was like a thing where I was like, just, I, I will do that where I will plant little seeds for myself knowing that I'll find them later and be like, Oh fuck. I didn't do that thing. I, I need to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that even is something I've noticed getting older is I just understand that like I will forget something because I like we were just talking about, I do a million things all at once and it's so easy for something just to slip by the wayside because I will forget about it for two fucking seconds thinking about yeah. something else and then it's gone. Yeah. Well, and like even like these shows that we're, we're playing, like we're booking a lot of shows like for the next like year, um, just like limited engagement areas kind of doing the 20 year anniversary thing. I find myself like once the show is booked, I am texting people that I know in the area. Be like, "Here's the flyer. No excuses. I fucking told you none of this. Oh, I didn't even fucking know. Like, you know <laughs> but I'm finding myself do that because a lot of friends I haven't seen in like forever. I mean, we haven't played like the Detroit, like in the Michigan area. And, pff, fuck. I think like ten I years. Honestly, I think at least. I honestly don't even remember. Like, uh, yeah. well, no, we played in 2013. We played Detroit, so that was. 10 years ago. Okay. It'll be fucking 10 years. And you know, <laughs> I just want to make sure that like these people that I want to see in the area that I know won't see that they know, you know what I mean? I think there's, there's become a lot more of understanding that in my life, like when botch announced their two shows initially that they were playing in Seattle, I was like, I never got to see fucking botch. I'm going, yeah. And everyone's like, you don't think they're going to do any more shows? I go, I, I don't know. I'd rather go and find out they are and then be like, whatever. I already bought these tickets, made the trip. It's whatever versus yeah. 
hoping and praying that something comes closer and it never does. Yeah. And I go, there, there are only a small handful of bands that are left that I just like, haven't seen that. I always wanted to botch was one of them. Ironically, they just announced cave in and, uh, converge playing their like east coast states and i've never seen converge nor cave in and i'm like oh, i'm like fuck do i go all the way to new jersey to go fucking see botch and cave in and all them just to just so i can go and it's on my wife's birthday so i was like hey do you want to go do an east coast trip and also go to this show that you probably give no fucks about i mean um, it, it might be i mean that's how we ended up going i mean she surprised me with valentine's day tickets yeah. to go end up seeing uh 18 visions like for the first time like when they were kind of doing their thing but it's a i think more oftentimes than not now like my wife and i literally just booked a trip to atlanta uh in a couple of weeks um it's like our go-to spot we love going but like we will be more apt to just do that because we're like fuck it like we don't have kids we don't want kids this is our one life to live like why not make and have the experiences to do whatever like you know, we did Vegas, went to Zion National Park, went to Salt Lake yeah. City and did a bunch of hiking and shit. And it's like, will I ever go back to Zion? Probably not ever. But well, like for the one memory. time, I have the memories. And it, that's I, I that's what I time. think. Like The one thing about touring so much, the one thing that is experience, the travel. And I tell people all the time, travel as much as you can, see as much as you can. That's, yeah. like, that's life. That is, you've lived life once you get outside your box and fucking just go see things experience other things like no matter where it is you know what i mean like no matter what i think it's ultimately what as i get older it's the things that i find make me have more common common interests or not common interests commonalities between worldviews and just the way i think about life because when you start seeing other facets of it beyond your your local area it can't help but change you yeah for sure Sure. I think it's one of one of the biggest things I'm I'm insanely jealous of like anyone who has toured at any kind of capacity to where you start getting to go like international and so forth. It's like, man, you, you fucking have kind of like just even getting to experience it, even if it's nothing more than I'm at the venue, like at least you're still somewhere entirely different. And like this thing you started in your passion took you there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the one thing I could look back and say, hey, like, we've gotten to go all over the world and play this music for people, and that's just crazy. And just being able to, like, be there amongst those people from, like, a different place, it's just, that's that was the biggest dream come true about it. And it's still a dream come true, because it's like, you know, last month we went and played Columbia for the first time, and it was just like, we're in fucking Columbia, like, holy fucking shit. Like, you know, still getting to get to do that is the one thing that is truly just, like, like a blessing to do with this band. I think that's the one thing as I kind of been slowly wrapping up that I feel like is a huge thing. Like Midsommar really fucked me up in a different way than I think most people would admit where, you know, the idea of, you know, their elderly ending it at, I think 65 was the age and knowing that you kind of go out at the, at the peak still of your, your, your faculties and stuff like that. And that you're lauded and celebrated for the long life you lived. That to me, I feel like, that's something I try to take away a lot more of is that as I get older, I kind of want to just do rad shit. And I want to like have like go out. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't want to live a life of regrets. And I feel like too often the like our parents gener like our parents and their generations before just due to lack of resources and so forth and, and understanding of the world beyond their local area yeah. that it's like, I feel like we are so blessed to be able to live in this time and, and, age where we can pick up and you know flights and traveling and information is is at our fingertips well dude that it's just 
that I feel like that's why so many people when they retired died so quickly and still do because it's like you just don't have a per like essentially you don't have a purpose. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's the world is small, and it's like so go see it, man. It's smaller than you think. Yeah, especially where you're at. It's like you can get on a plane and in five and a half hours be in fucking Ireland. So yep. for the same price that you could probably fly to California. Uh, we were looking at Maybe going to, <laughs> uh, it's close. Cause, uh, the few trips out to like, like out West, it's quite a bit of money, but for a little bit less, like we were looking at going to Iceland and it was Dude. cheaper to go to Iceland than it was to go to California when we go went. to fucking Iceland. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? You and the same distance time and make a road trip and go to California. You can't get in a car and drive to Iceland. Nope. You know what I mean? Nah. Nope. Not yet. Anyway, not yet. Um, we we're supposed to have flying cars by now. Like what the fuck? Hey, aren't you guys supposed to have like the fucking wind tunnel or tube tunnel thingies that are supposed to transport people super quick? Exactly. Is that still being built or was that just a thing that never even got off the ground? We were supposed to have bullet trains and bullet tubes and all that. Dude, this California is a fucking dumpster fire. We're not building shit. <laughs> we're still trying to fix our fucking freeways. And if the same fire, we build a fucking super rail. Like, come on. It's stupid. I don't know. But then I go to places like Chicago and I'm like, they got it figured out. You just have a bunch of fucking trains. They still work. I know, man. They were smart. Put it above ground. Yeah. Um, oh, there you go. Um, last question for you. What, uh, what, like, you know, cause we're at kind of the midway point of the year. What, uh, what have you, been excited about or proud of that has happened in the first half of this year? And what are you looking forward to the, the last half of the year? Well, in regards to bleeding through, it's kind of a weird thing. Like I've all the years of this band, we have never, at least the members that have been in for as long, like for the long time, the vibe that we get at our shows and the reaction and the overall energy and love and just everything has been so overwhelming. It's like, it's like we're a new, it's like we're an old new band, kind of. Like the excitement is almost like of a new band, right? And I just feel like the vibe forth is just so true and so like what we've always wanted to be. And now that it's here and I think it's really genuine. So I'm really proud of like how that we've kind of been going about doing this band. I think we're doing it extremely the right way and we're doing it the most that we possibly can as far as like time goes. So I'm proud that we're all taking time out of our lives to do this band still because we all love it. And that's what really is very prideful as well. And I'm really just kind of like looking to, to continue that, like as much as like, you know, as much as like this could be, I, I don't think that bleeding through is going to end anytime soon. I feel like it just is kind of building again and it mm -hmm. just feels really fucking awesome. And we have like, just so much love for the people that are coming to our shows. And that's like what I'm really prideful of, of, that, of that we're just doing it at the level that we're doing it at right now, because, you know, there was like the thoughts of like, cause I see a lot of bands get back together and play. And I'm just like, this is garbage. Like it's garbage. Like they're fat. They don't move anymore. They're winded. Like, and I'm just like, fuck that. And I'm like, I would just use that as the motivating factor. And I think the rest of us kind of answered the call that as well of being like a real fucking band. So you haven't seen us before and are in listen to us forever. I fucking guarantee you that we will be, we will be a better band on that stage than any time before where you could have seen us guarantee. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm proud of that. And I'll say it, no ego, 
we're a fucking dope band. Like that's <laughs> the reason why we're fucking doing this. Like, and when we go up there, we put everything into it and we still do. And I feel like every show we try to put more and more and more of ourselves into it. So that, that's something I'm really like prideful of. And I'm just looking forward to still going out there and reconnecting with a lot of like people we haven't seen in a long time, a lot of cities, a lot of places that we have a lot of history going to like, going to Michigan and doing those shows, going to Chicago the night before, even places like Iowa City where people are like, why are you going to Iowa City? Be- because Iowa City was one of those places that was a stronghold for us and very special for us. You know what I mean? It was small but intimate and special. So that's what we're going to do. And that's that's like what I'm I'm stoked to do moving forward. Awesome. What, uh, where can everyone find you or anything you would like to plug online? Just go to Rise, at Rise Above Fitness. Uh, for Instagram, for my gym, anything clothing, apparel, and my my personal one at Brandon Chapetti, at Bleeding Through. Just go to all those and kind of just see like what we're doing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Awesome. And uh, I'm gonna go hit the gym and start on my 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 promise. <laughs> then I'm gonna drop the weight by the time I see you in a couple months. All right, man. Later, bud. See ya. See ya. So that was my conversation with Brandon Chapetti. Want to thank him again for taking the time. Uh, Always have fun talking with him. It, it's kind of funny. The first time I had him on, I was kind of surprised at his, I guess I shouldn't be, but I was surprised at how just straightforward he was with things. Like when I asked questions, he, he didn't kind of sugarcoat it. He just kind of got right to the point. And obviously the second time having him on, I think we kind of got more more of a rapport personally. And so it's been kind of fun to just kind of bullshit with him, you know, in the DMs and so forth and, and just kind of grow, I guess, a friendship uh, in this day and age where it exists between two people who have never technically met. Um, <laughs> it's funny to think that that's the world we live in now. Um, there are even people there are even people coming up soon uh, that I'm excited to see because I haven't literally met them in person, even though we've done a podcast where we've digitally hung out for like an hour or so. Um, I guess it's, you know, I guess talking about, like I said in the intro, sort of adapting, uh, adapting to the times, uh, and, and how we meet people now, especially, you know, the running joke, uh, as you get older, like you just don't make new friends. Um, (laughs) it's funny. I don't know. Thinking about that a lot lately. just, you know, how quickly we become friends. Uh, I was talking with a friend of mine that I met at the bar, uh, who's from the East coast. And that was the impetus of our friendship was he saw my Wawa tattoo. We started talking all things East coast and (laughs) he, he over time, uh, the other day actually was just saying like, he was like, Oh, I haven't seen you and your wife in a while. Like, uh, need to hang out soon. And then when I saw him like yesterday, I was like, it's funny. I guess you actually like me, uh, because you were saying like, Oh, I don't usually follow people on Instagram. I don't usually text people. I don't usually hang out with people. I don't make plans. Uh, and then, so it's just kind of amusing to think that like at almost 40, uh, I'm still able to, to make new friends and, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not, not as, uh, hard as I think it is, I I guess it's what we put into it or are willing to put into it and showcase of ourselves to other people. Um, all that said, it's been, it's been so interesting. Like I said, in the intro too, talking about the Wiz Khalifa Snoop Dogg show and just how it kind of correlated to this conversation. The other thing that's been really interesting too is, and that I'm excited about is, you know, since starting this new job, it's been a bit of a struggle to find time to do the podcast kind of, because I'm trying to like, I've, for the last six, seven months, I've been so like focused on working, having no personal life that I feel like it's gone the other way now where it's like I have time to have a personal life and I'm making up for lost time with friends, with my wife, with family. 
and all that kind of stuff. But I'm almost kind of like the podcast is almost taking a backseat because I just, I don't know, I just have more time to do stuff. But I'm, I've been really enjoying going to shows a lot more lately. Like tonight I'm going to see Death Grips. I've never seen them. I've always wanted to. Uh, you can feel how you want to about them. You'll probably, if you follow me on socials, you will see me posting stuff from that show because it's also something I realized I probably need to be more active on is kind of showcasing the music side of things beyond just the podcast, but like going to shows and being a fan of music and live music and so forth and kind of uh, curating interesting experiences maybe that I get to have uh, with friends and doing shit, um, as vain as that may sound. Um, but it's it's been interesting because like my wife and I are planning like my birthday week weekend essentially and for like five or six days, we're essentially going to a show every single day. Like we're a friend that I've made from doing this show is coming through. And it's one where I'm super excited to like see all these people that I haven't seen in some instances for like a year or more. Um, but I'm also like, <laughs> no, I'm getting old where I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to be so tired and run down that whole week. Cause like, I just have nothing. I'm like, I'm working and then I'll go to a show. I'm working, then I'm going to a show and it's, it's all worth it in the end. Um, at, you know, my wife and I don't choose to have kids. We live kind of, I guess, a, an unconventional life. Um, but it's one that brings happiness to us. It's one that provides us experiences and memories and all these kind of things. And, um, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't change it. Um, again, kind of going back to the, you know, adapting without compromising yourself. I think I'm adapting to my new life that I have currently without compromising anything, hopefully. Um, but it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and I got a lot of fun conversations coming up. I really enjoyed this one with Brandon. I'm really looking forward to, uh, catching bleeding through, uh, in a few few months uh i'm looking at a calendar blanking on the day of the show but really looking forward to going i i bleeding through is one of the bands i've wanted to see uh you know even talking about going to that botch reunion and so forth and seeing some of these bands like i just i want to see bands now that i haven't gotten to see if if i can do it i will make it happen because i'm just time is short uh and you may never get the opportunities to see these bands and i know for the most part i doubt bleeding through is going to come back to the midwest anytime soon so this is probably my one opportunity uh, before either they decide to not tour anymore or at least not do anything that's not out out west solely. Um, all that said, going to start wrapping up this episode. If you would like to keep up with Brandon Chipetti, you can find him on Instagram at Brandon Chipetti and Twitter is B Chipetti. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with Bleeding Through, you can find them on Instagram at Bleeding Through, Twitter at Bleeding Through, and Facebook, you guessed it, at Bleeding Through, or head over to bleedingthroughofficial.com and keep up with everything going on with the band, buy merch, check out their tour dates, all that kind of stuff. Uh, once again, want to thank Brandon for taking the time, as always, uh, such a rad dude, very much looking forward to uh, hopefully linking up in person and uh, just, you know, getting to hang with a, a rad dude in person. Um, plus I also like, this is a weird thing and it'll kind of segue right into, you know, my, ep my next episode's guest, but, uh, also really love being this age now and being like, Hey, my wife and I are coming and knowing that typically it sounds like Brandon and his wife, uh, always do these shows together and so forth. So it's always fun when like couples kind of do something. Cause then you can kind of be like, here's my wife. Oh, here's my wife. And then everyone kind of gets to chat, talk, whatever. I don't know. It's a very weird thing, but like it is something as I've gotten older and I meet a lot of like 
the people that have been on the show and then subsequently if their wives or girlfriends come out, it's just kind of nice to have that like extra layer of like life uh, to discuss, I guess. Um, all that said, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Uh, there are 400 plus episodes in the back catalog. So if this is your first episode, please go back, check out the other episodes. Uh, I guess if you're only coming because of Brandon, go check out the other two episodes that we've already done. Um, I've also done one with Wombi way back in the day. So a lot of bleeding through stuff. Uh, if you're interested in checking that out. Also, if you want to support our sponsors, head on over to rockabilia.com. Use our code BRUTALLY at checkout. Take 10% off your total purchase order. I want to thank all the guys and gals over there for their continued support. And Starving Artist Brewery, I uh, got a flat of beer from them a few weeks ago. Uh, still working my way through it. Still great beer. Still can't wait to hopefully do a collaboration with them and get a, a, a podcast beer out soon-ish. Um, all that said, enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, and I will be back with Scott Lee, uh, founder of the New England and Metal Hardcore Festival. Uh, the man has done so many things in the metal and hardcore community over the last 20-something years. Uh, really great conversation. Lots of great stories. Can't wait for you to hear that one. And I'll talk to you then. <laughs>